the scoreline when he looks at like looks like a hammering. And it was a hammering though. They scored 28 points in about three minutes, and we couldn't stop them. You know, okay, so it was a hammering, but there's there's different levels of hammerings here. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7:30 on the OTB Sports app. Right, so we are changing tact just a small bit because Sunday week, of course, is a, a massive day in the hurling calendar. It is uh, Kilkenny up against Limerick. And uh, to that end, we're going to be looking ahead to that. And a little bit more nostalgia here with a man who's won nine All-Ireland titles. He's got nine All-Stars and, of course, uh, an IMRO Radio Broadcasting Award. It is Tommy Welch. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Yeah, I'm wrestling. <laughs> How are you getting on? Okay, on. So... We're going to have a chat a little bit later on about this Dublin team and this sort of intangible Sorry, notion. Do you mind if I just say something for us? Go for it. Uh, so it was, when I was growing up, my father, um, he used to have a video, the Kerry Golden years, <laughs> right? So uh, it was great when Dara said, Ogie was here tonight. So the last few days, I looked it up. So I spent the last four days watching the Kerry Gold years. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours and ten minutes. I got to the, the four in a row. I'm just after watching even the four in a row. I, I couldn't even watch the... <laughs> when you lost the last one. So. But uh, I just said I'd tell you that. They were an unbelievable team. Um, just looking back on it, the last couple of... Like even lads that, you know, we all know about the Spillanzen. Mikey Sheehy, John Egan... But like Ogie, Jared Power, there was a wing back party Lynch, was it? You know, unbelievable that only looking back at it now, there were some team, but speed, skill, Jacko midfield, they were incredible. So I just said it's a fair play to you. <laughs> 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 That's always seemed like something that's been really important to you, the, the sort of lore of hurling and of football, the being very aware of the, the giants that, and the shoulders that you're standing on when each team is classified. I know, I presume, you're, when you were looking and counting your own medals, trying to get level with Christy Ring was probably something that, that mattered uh, as much to you as anything else. And even watching the football nowadays, the historical context of teams like Kerry and Dublin. Yeah, sure. Well, listen, as you know, from, from working with John, like I don't get too carried away with, or I don't enjoy the stats or the analysis side of things. I much prefer the stories and, you know, I hear a story about the bomber doing this or like I did a road show with the bomber one time down in Cork and I never laughed as much in two or three hours. And uh, I came down early then today and I was a bit hungry and so we have championship coming up in a few year, a few weeks. So I said, I better not get a McDonald's drive-thru. So I was passing four-star pizza. So I said, I get a pizza. <laughs> way better. <laughs> so, way better. More energy out of it anyway. So I was walking down and see this photo of Bomber. He has this, does he have a financial? Yeah. yeah so you're everywhere. <laughs> I couldn't even go for a pizza without seeing <laughs> I met Bomber, but again, it was the stories he used to tell us about the, the washing machines and the Adidas. Like, I think he told us a story that day about before an All-Ireland final, was it, where they were fighting over whether to wear Adidas or... Or O'Neill's, yeah. You know, I couldn't believe this. If Brian Cody heard we were fighting over something like that, he'd be gone off the panel. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but again, that's why I loved Owen, um, because they did that a different way, but they still turned up on Sunday, turned up on... We'll say for training and choosing Thursday and you know, Miko's train sessions were legendary. Um, you know, they did we do hundred metre sprints. That's kind of what we've been doing to get fit. They basically did that but it was fence to fence going across the field. Very same training. 
and just watching that video of the lads there over the last couple of days, like the speed of Spillane going past the boys, the speed of Jacko. Like there was one instance he gets the ball in the full back line. I say 30 seconds later, he's taking a reverse pass off. I'd say it was Mikey Sheehy score, you know. Um, so they were absolutely wonderful footballers. But by God, Mikko knew how to train them, I'd say. Judging by looking at them the way they played. You know, and even, like, we talk about versatility. Like, Lazar talking to me about versatility. But you're Ogi, you know. Versatility. Like, even Mikey Sheehy. Like, one day he had 11 on his back. Most of the time he was 13 on his back, full forward. Pat Splann had 12 on his back, but he spent a lot of time down in the full back line. Ten minutes later, he'd be up handling the ball into the back of the net. Now, I have to say, the hand-pass goal was a great thing for that team. <laughs> <laughs> they scored a lot of hand-pass goals. Other than many goals would have got after earned the loud, but I'm sure they would have got a lot too. And sure, John Egan then, you know, um, sure, he was unbelievable as well, you know. But um, did, did you see any similarities when you were looking at Mikko in the Golden Years video to Cody? Is, is, is there anything that they share, not even in terms of drills, but in terms of their personality on the training pitch? Uh, I'd say that they, they, they share definitely wanting and that they believed in youth, first of all. If you were good enough at 18, 19 years of age, you were good enough and that was it. And um, when you were gone, you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> As Paddy found out there, I don't think he talked to Mikko for a couple of years after it. You know, and we all, that happens to us all. <laughs> But the, and, but the one thing I'd say they shared more than nothing is that 100% confidence in who they picked. If they picked you, they knew you believed in you. And they weren't picking you and worrying about you. They were picking you knowing you were the best hurler, best footballer that was going out into Crow Park that day. And like, saying all my time working with Brian, Cody, and Mikko sounded like he was the same through all his different various interviews. Um, like, if I was marking, we'll say, Ben O'Connor or... Lara Corbett, you know, these brilliant, brilliant players. He'd never tell you to watch his left, watch his right. Tommy, don't let him go inside you. He'd just say, go out and destroy him. <laughs> you know, go out and be a man of the match. And um, Mikko, I'd, I'd imagine, Ogie might tell us, but I'd imagine they were probably pretty similar in that, in that context. But um, no, and Mikko, did you see Mikko's vi- the video about Mikko? The, it came out on RT there. Last year, I thought the best part of it was, remember he was walking past the statue? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he nodded at himself. (laughs) Like, you have to be confident to do that. (laughs) It's um, it's unbelievable. In that documentary as well, he's still very sore about 82. Like, the the, the stuff that those great managers and even great players, I presume, take with them from from those dark moments, from the the low days, despite all the medals that they've won, is, is really striking. Like, is that something that you and Cody and everybody involved in Kilkenny takes from, from your moments, like 2010, I suppose, is the most obvious one. Yeah, well, if you hear what Pat Spillane said about that, it was, he reckons they wouldn't have done the three in a row after it if they had to yeah. get mm-hmm. awfully for the five in a row. And um, we came back after 2010, Tipperary beat us for the five in a row. We came back and won two two in a rows. Won 11 and 12, lost 13, came back and won 14 and 15. So I, I think if you're a winner and if you're... If, like, if you have won it before, you see there's no pressure on winning. You're not fearing losing. If you lose, you're just tick with the team that bet you. And uh, you bottle that up for a couple of months and <laughs> try and get them back. <laughs> so that's what happened to us in 2010. It was a great Tipperary team. And it wasn't as if that we lost the run of ourselves or complacency or 
it wasn't that we didn't show up on the day. Like, we were bet by a team that was coming. Like, you had Shamie Callanan, you had Lara Carbett, Owen Kelly. You had all these brilliant players. So we were bet, we were just out hurled, like, on the day. So we were coming back. I remember the whole focus the following year then in 2011 to, to come back and beat Tipperary um, was just to train to be able to survive against them. It wasn't to beat them. And that was our mentality that we, if we trained to our best, it was just to give us a chance to maybe have a cut off tip. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what it was. But the five in a row, you say about the pain that the lads had for the five in a row, I had no pain whatsoever about the five in a row. So I don't know how that was, you know. The five in a row didn't really mean nothing to me, like, you know. It was all about the next trying to win. I just craved the feeling. I was addicted. And I think the lads were as well, like Jackie Turl. Jackie Turl would give it more than anyone to win a match. And he might be sad after losing it, but he, he'd be going again a day or a, a week later trying to win the next one because that's what you're trying to crave the whole time, like, you know. And, um, you know, just to get over that line, you know. Go was, that, down, uh, was that feeling the same each time that you did win the All-Ireland? So the next time you win, does it feel the same as winning the first time? Um, well, the first time I won it, I was a sub, so... Um. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> so, so, so it was a little bit different, but... Um, didn't care. <laughs> the second time I won it, I was taken off. <laughs> right, the third time. So the third time, yeah. It was, well, the third time, yeah, was special, in fairness. Um, so, but no, I, I understand your question, Ashing. I think it comes from hurt. The first time, you say, you win it after all the hurt, that's the most glorious time. So, um, for myself, like, that was zero six. We were after being beaten by Cork in 2004. And then 2005, they won the two in a row. So they were going for the three in a row after stopping us. And um, they were after playing a different game. Again, Hurling was after, you know, there was an evolution in Hurling. That stage was a running game, all speed. You had Tom Kenny, Jerry O'Connor midfield. You had the Newtown Shandrum influence. You had the Ben O'Connors. And they were brilliant at it. And they were great competitors as well. So you got nothing soft off them. So we knew we'd have to. And we were... In transition at the time, a lot of young lads, Chaff, Fitzpatrick, John Tennyson, all these lads coming, Richie Power, and um, we, we got over the line that year and we weren't expected to, so that was special. And after that then, obviously it's never as good as probably the, the first The first time, one. Yeah. And David Herity was on Off The Wall AM during the week and he was speaking about the A versus B teams in training. And this is something that's, I think, so fascinating about Brian Cody that he actually in the training, he would put on these A versus B games and then he would ref them. Is that right? Well, he stood in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> he used to forget his whistle all the time. <laughs> Let you at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, the A's and B's, was, they couldn't do it that... They could only do it maybe once or twice before a big game because otherwise, like, the A team would normally, you know, be be way on top, like, you know, because they're, they're the A team, obviously, so... Say normally that time you had three weeks of a, a build up, so you might only pl- if you had four or five matches, training matches, one of them might be an A versus B game. But the, I'd say the year David is talking about, we had a great B team. Um, Henry was on it, I was on it, um, David was on it on and off, it. he was on and off between the A and B's. Oh, it was brilliant. Say Taggy Forward, he was on it. Um, don't know who else, maybe Joey Hold, and I'd say it was probably full back. So, like the B's never bet the A's. But that year then, there were some of us then that you mightn't even be brought on. Like, I wasn't brought on really at all that year, so they were my All-Irelands. <laughs> and um, so it was usually up in Carton House. 
and we bet him one time anyway and it's where we won the All-Ireland after. <laughs> uh, I nearly fell out of Brian one of the days because he was refereeing well he was standing in the middle and uh, TJ or one of them played someone's hurl and they went down and got a score to bring it back to a point and as I said I wasn't getting any game time at the time so this is my All-Ireland so I kind of lost it but uh, with him but he, he forgave me anyway <laughs> after it. And this was in the lead up to an All-Ireland, so at that point, is his head not all over the place that the B team is after beating the A team that's potentially the team that's going to go out here and start? Yeah, I don't know, was that coming up to the All-Ireland? Um, it was at some stage during that summer. Um, usually coming up to the All-Ireland, I'd say the, the A's were very much on top, but um, no, he didn't. he didn't mind. He was just looking for players to be playing well. And um, he had f- full trust in his players anyway. Once their attitude was right, he was happy enough. Mm-hmm. That was Herity's point during the week was that if the B team won, you'd be in a bit of trouble. So he reckons that he's trying to keep the B team away from the A's at the moment, or at least this this season at at this point, running into the All Ireland. So uh, at that point in twenty, it was twenty fourteen was the year. There's no sort of second thoughts from Cody. There's no sort of wild change to the team after you beat the A team. Is there? I uh, know because it was a good like Henry was coming back from injuries. Mm. Like, there's a few lads coming back from injuries at that time. So there were some lads B's that could have been on the A's if it had to been right. So, no worry. There was never any worry with, with, with Brian Dahe. He knew what he had. Um, now, I know 2013 we were after being beaten, so I suppose there was always question marks, but he always picked it as honestly as he could. The best lads in the best positions, and, you know, B's versus A's didn't really bother him, I wouldn't imagine. You said there a moment ago that your first All-Ireland was won as a sub, the same as your last All-Ireland. Do you genuinely not look at them as... Uh, as fondly as your middle All-Irelands when you are a starter and a star of the team? Oh, well, I appreciate them. Mm. Appreciate them. But obviously you don't get the same feeling. So 2002 was a great learning curve because I knew at that stage then it wasn't about the All-Ireland finals. You had to be playing. So, you know, when you go in first, you're just delighted to be part of it. You're seeing all your heroes, you're talking to them, you're playing Misham. You might get a score. Most of the time you were, they were getting scores off you. But you were just delighted. But then next minute after the first match, I came in after Leinster final. So you beat Tipperary in the semi-final. But then you wanted to be playing. You weren't satisfied anymore. And um, so it was a massive learning curve for me that I didn't just want to be there. And all the lads are the same. You, ha- you, you have to be playing. Are you surprised he's still going, Tommy? Uh, no. Because um, not alone does, does he love it, his wife loves it too, Elsie. So Elsie is a, a proud Buffers Alley woman from Wexford. I'd say Elsie could have a couple of, probably has a good few county finals, she could have a couple of club All-Irelands as well. Um, I'm not sure if she was on that Buffers Alley's team, she might have been too young maybe. But um, Elsie Cody was a fierce, proud Wexford woman and hurling woman. I worked with her in my early years. And... Um, Grey hurling brain, like you know, and and lives for it. So, like once she is the f- he he'd have the full support. We'll say of Elsie, and um, he doesn't play golf and doesn't really drink. <laughs> so. He's retired. So. He might as well. He's a professional manager, really, isn't he? Yeah. And he's twenty four years now. So has it changed at all how he operates, Tommy? Do you know? Obviously, Porek's involved at the minute. Your brother, so. From when you were there to Pork being involved now, does Cody operate any differently, do you think? Yeah, well, I, I'd compare him to, to, to Alex Ferguson, really. Like, Alex Ferguson was very much one-dimensional in regards how he treated players uh, at the start. But next minute along came Ronaldo and Rooney, who di- did things differently. And he had to change and adapt and accept some of their behaviours that he mightn't have accepted from teams that came before or players that came before. He, he, I suppose he regretted 
I think didn't he selling Yapstam that time? But you know, um, Cody has always adapted, even though he might you mightn't read that often from the outside. No, like if you're having to be a great manager, you have to be able to change with the times. And he changed between we used to zone defend one time, didn't Tipperary beat us in 2010, so you had to go and man mark different guys, so that happened. Uh, Galway changed around again in 2012, we had to change for that. And as for the, the, the modern way, Hurling is after changing, he's changing again for that, so I think he's very much the same, but it's changing. <laughs> and the big question then, can Kilkenny beat Limerick? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can. <laughs> it's Peter Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we absolutely we can, but you have to give all credit to Limerick. And if the shoe is on the other foot, you'd say they have to be the favourites. They deserve to be the favourites. Um, did Kyle Hayes and Aaron Galan hurl out their skin? But most of the rest of the guys were man marked very well against Galway, and they still score twenty-seven points. So the challenge is, how do you keep their score line down? So I, I don't have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting, Tommy. Go on. <laughs> Ogie, my tell us. Brilliant. Well, thanks. Oh, go ahead, Tommy. Go on. Oh, that's it. <laughs> thanks so much to Tommy. We're going to keep you here for the next little while and we're going to bring up our next guest. We're going to introduce All-Ireland Club winner with Clan Morris and All-Ireland winner with Kerry. It's Laura Collins. How are you, Laura? All good? Yeah. yeah, nice to have you here. Thanks. And so you're not involved at the minute with, with Kerry. You're watching on from the sideline. How's yeah. that? Uh, it's been tough now this year. It's, it's hard to watch. Um, but thankfully, I suppose I wasn't the only one to, to leave the setup this year. So I suppose we're all messaging away and talking away to each other about it. But it is tough to watch and it's, it's tough to be sidelined. But... Um, I've no real, <laughs> no real uh, choice in the matter this year. So, yeah, um, you're obviously you're expecting. Yeah. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Thanks. And so, tell us a little bit about your story because it's it's actually really interesting. Like 18, 19 years of age was when you actually went back playing camogie after starting out with the lads when you were underage. Yeah, um, I suppose there was no camogie when we were when we were younger. Um, so either you played with the boys or you didn't play. Um, now our school was very good and everybody played, whether you were a boy or girl, from third class up, everyone had to play or, or you just weren't cool, I suppose, in school. So um, we had leagues every day. And um, so we played a lot of that and then got into the hurling club with Kamiley and played with the boys up till, I think, under 12 at the time. And then there was nothing. So I did trans my arm at it in UL, but they were such a level way above me that I just, uh, I think after two or three games, I kind of left it. Um, so then around... I just kind of while we were in college they did set up a club um, for us to start playing again and it was great now our level of camogie was probably under 12 standard but um, it was great to have it and I suppose we went from there then strength to strength it was great and did you ever try your hand at football? At that stage, I'm sure there was so many football clubs <laughs> all around you, obviously. Um, yeah, no, I, I did play football for a good while. Um, I played with Aberdourney Club 
and um, I think I was the, they actually won two All-Irelands just before I moved up to senior level and then a club kind of started going downhill a small bit um, just because losing the older members and stuff. But um, I was with the, the county panel all right for a while. I think I've only ever got one game starting and that was it really. It, was, it wasn't really a sport I really loved, so I didn't really give a whole lot of time to it. But um, I just fitness and everything else like my skill for football would be <laughs> terrible to say the least I wouldn't kick much of a straight ball but um it was at the time it was the only thing I had rather than the camogies when there wasn't there big so, time yeah and I often wonder being from Kerry did uh, people question you over playing camogie would they say what are you doing at that would you not pick up the ball is it not obviously <laughs> um I suppose I was playing both for a while um so there wasn't much but it was it was tough to try and juggle all the the boat sports um but in our part of Kerry, there's it, it's all hurling. Like they don't want to hear of of football. Um, um, I was even saying earlier, like if the boys want to play football in our club, we we don't actually have football. They have to go to the the next club, which they don't really get along with with hurling. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard for them to rock up to Hartford then and play football with them when they'd be killing each other on the pitch the week after for for hurling. So it is tough. And like I think it, it's hard. We have to go to Aberdourney, um and some of the girls are going to Finuig for playing um, ladies football then as well. So. It's 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 a bit different, but it is all hurling around us. <laughs> you and Tommy there have a lot in common, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, Th- those parishes in, in, in North Kerry, obviously, when it comes to the rivalry, they absolutely hate each other, obviously, on, on the sporting <laughs> pitch. At the same time, when you're inside in that community, I presume there's like a, this very healthy rivalry that helps everybody get to a whole other level, whether it's you playing with the boys as a, as a youngster and whether you're playing hurling or camogie. Yeah, I suppose when Kilmoyley were doing well this year, I know it kind of was tough on the other clubs. They weren't too impressed that Kilmoyley were after being the first team to win the Munster final from Kerry and all this. Um, So I know know kind of they wanted to be the ones to do it. Um, But at the same time, I suppose that at the end of the day, they would back them, you know, when it came down to it. And, you know, it's great to see a, a Kerry club doing so well and getting so far um, this year, like getting all the way to the All-Ireland. Um, so it is great to see that hurling is actually starting to, to come up a small bit. But um, yeah, no, there is a huge rivalry between all the clubs and uh, <laughs> even my address at the moment is a bit tough. Um, <laughs> I've moved to Licks now, so uh, <laughs> it's not ideal. But uh, yeah, so I'm sure we'll figure out an address for the child when it comes along. <laughs> <laughs> for, for anyone uh, listening in online, that's like moving from Barcelona to Real Madrid. <laughs> in terms. Something along that lines, yeah. Uh, it, like, I'm not sure, Tommy, are you listening to this and thinking, geez, that reminds me of home? Or is this actually on a level above the, the sort of uh, the, the inter-parish rivalry and also the no chance for football in, in, in my backyard? <laughs> ah, no, listen, I think it probably sounds familiar to every probably parish in Ireland, really, who has a a strong hurling or football club because your next door neighbours are your next door neighbours and you get on well in school and you know in your jobs or in social settings probably on the pitch you know you're, it's like World War 2 really usually <laughs> but, um, but even Kilmiley there like the Christy Welch from Kilmiley he's doing powerful sub up, up in Kenny Hur- Club Hurling like with Bennis Bridge they've won junior county finals intermediate county finals in all Ireland's he's um, a football manager and he's a, he was a fo- yeah the foot yeah he was yeah. a football manager, but he he's a hurling man like you know yeah. Christy and I was in, I was I lived with a lad from Kilmiley Billy Brick he was a great hurler for Kerry his his older brother Shane Brick and um, even we, we were in under eleven county final there Rain C there 
three weeks ago and we needed someone to video the match. And um, we rang Morris Welch, Christie's son. Shane is great friends with my brother Shane. And he was down and he's a done, you know, it's the best. All the young lads are mad watching it since. Like, so <laughs> how big Ireland is, it's really small, really small place too. But um, I understand totally yeah, where Laura's coming from. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, Laura, if we could just touch a little bit on the, the last couple of years of uh, the county and with the, the club career. There's been some mad moments in, in your career when it, when it comes to the 18 uh, and the 19 finals at club and, and county, respectively. Yeah. Some of the stuff you've had to, to play through has been pretty extraordinary. Yeah, it's, it's been mad, really. Um, I suppose we, losing the, the final against Dublin and Cork Park really kind of hit home to us. And we, we turned up, well, we didn't turn up on the day. We were there on the day, but um, no one really played to the potential they could have played. And I suppose that hurt more than the actual losing, knowing that you didn't give it everything. And um, so the following year, um, Ian Burke came in and over us. And to be fair, he's a, a very good manager and... He had a good starting block to where we were and then just kind of pushed on and it just got a little bit more professional, I suppose, and it got that little bit more serious. You had to be making the gym, whereas the years before people were getting away without ever getting to the gym and things like that. Um, and it just made a huge difference and the, the, our hurling skill level grew a lot like in that year. So coming into the, the final against um, Limerick, it was huge. Like we were, I suppose we were most confident we've ever been and coming from a team that really wouldn't have any confidence in our own self and our own skill and ability. Um, it was huge to come into that game th thinking that, you know, we have a good chance of actually pulling this off. And when we did, I think <laughs> I actually just stood there afterwards. I, I wasn't even celebrating because it was just shocked that we actually got over the line and we got there. And um, yeah, it was it was mental. And then to turn around and do it with the club was it was just absolutely huge. Um, so yeah. So, so what happens to you in the 2018 final? You get injured midway through it. Uh, I'd say 10 minutes in, um, I rolled my ankle both ways, and the physio was trying to pull me off, and I just just strap it up, please come on. And she put some strapping around the boot, and they moved me into I think it was a. I think it was full forward or full back, one or the other anyway. And uh, about 10 minutes in, I, after 10 minutes of playing there, I was uh, fed up of being claustrophobic and not able to move. So I think they brought me out midfield again. And somehow, when you're in the middle of the game, you don't, you don't think about the injuries. You just think about getting over the line. So it was just going for it. What, what did the injury end up being? Uh, oh, I did a load of ligaments in my ankle, so I was <laughs> out for a little bit after it, but you didn't care. You don't, you don't feel it playing no, through a match, no. ligaments gone. You just keep going. And then the following year, I think you did you play with shingles? Yeah, I was a bit sick for most of the year, all right, but um, I'd hurt to go then as well. So I was, I was out and I was pretty much in my bed for most of the two weeks between each game and I'd turn up to the train on the Friday night, play the game the Sunday and then you'd be knocked out for another two weeks again before before we play again. So to be fair now, I had, a, I had a bit of a rough year, but thankfully the coaches didn't sideline me and they kind of just said, look, if you're able to perform on the day, we'll let you play. And so it was, it was brilliant. Because it is like impossible to play hurling with vertigo, which some people don't actually realise. <laughs> yeah. It is tough. And it, it's the rock ball is the hardest. Cause once you're, you're down, down yeah. yeah. Back up. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. So it was tough. But I was just making sure that I took the two weeks off and... Um, made the recovery during those two weeks as much as I could so that I could play the, the games at that weekend. And so, yeah, just everything for the camogie that year. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the worst injury you've ever played through? Uh, worst injury, I'd say my ACs. I done bought my AC joints. Um, first one for 1010 All-Ireland 
against Tip. Uh, so after all in semi-final that time, you play a club match, championship match the week after. So we were playing the village and Jackie Turtle was centre-back for them. And uh, I was playing wing-back for us. And it was in Nolan Park and it was underneath the new stand. And I seen him soloing up the sideline. So it was the perfect <laughs> opportunity to send the lad out over it. <laughs> so I was coming. If you can imagine, it wasn't close. He was coming from the half-back line, but there was so much space. And I was coming from my half-back line. So when I met him, I just met him beautifully on the shoulder. And uh, the problem was... It was Jackie Turtle. <laughs> he didn't move. <laughs> but I didn't move either, my feet, but my shoulder moved and the AC was gone. And then I did the other one and like, I haven't been able to jostle since. Like, Right. It's yeah. still something that bothers you. Oh, it is, yeah. yeah. It's the Richard there for life. So I think the rugby players you said used to put a, a pound coin or a 20p there on top of it and tape that that's what they do for their matches because they do it a lot. But... Um, I'm not as rich as them. I'm only now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so you just have to get on, mate. You have to adapt. And it's like, you know, yeah. at least I didn't have vertigo. I'll take it out. <laughs> so fair play to Laura. But I think Dara played with a broken shin, was it? In 97, I learned Dara. I think, I think yeah, no, he was telling us earlier. It, it oh, so. may or may not be a, a similar injury to what Conor Callaghan has. So we may be getting the inside scoop <laughs> on how Conor's feeling. Yeah. Uh, Laura, very briefly before we let you go, the Kerry Camogie team are in an All Ireland quarter final this weekend against Meath. Have yeah. they a chance of adding silverware this season? Um, I think they have a good chance of performing and what they're hoping. They, they actually, I don't think, even expected to get as far as they did. They have a lot of young players coming up. They have a lot of injuries this year and down to panel about 24. So to be fair, they're, they're really happy to get where they are and anything from here on out now is just going to be a bonus to them. And um, I do think they can put it up to me then hopefully get over the line on, at the weekend. Very good. Uh, Laura Collins and Tommy Welch, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, guys.